Welcome to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast, where we get to follow up, break down, and discuss last Sunday's message. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more about what God has for us. Now let's join our team as we gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. Back again with me today is the Lead Pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, two weeks in a row, Justin. Two weeks. It's like we're back on to our... Uh, back on schedule. Back on schedule. <laughs> back on track. And so, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're pumped to be with you guys. Excited about uh, the series that we're in and all that good stuff. And so... Um, been getting good feedback, Justin, about this series and yeah. all the things, all the things mm. with it. Yeah, that was serious. I'm tired of serious business. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. The climb. Are you tired from your extracurriculars, Justin? I'm just tired. Just you. I've been you've tired. been tired since since you had COVID in January. <laughs> yeah, I have a constant state of tired. I got long COVID. Yeah. Yeah, the lasting effects of COVID. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm the same way. I have the hardest time getting up now. You know, I was like a 5 a.m.er, like solid Some days for like a year and a half. I can't get up. It's hard. I, yeah. I uh, Some kids, because uh, of my shoulder surgery, I've been crashing in the living room in a recliner. Well, there's a bus stop in my front yard, like for every age group. And like them early morning, like 6.30 in the morning, man, these... Four-year-olds are running hey. around my front yard screaming and all that stuff and woke me up. I even have a bus stop in my yard if my if I don't have a kid on that bus. <laughs> y'all go to one of y'all's houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah y'all better stop a couple stops down. Yeah. So they woke me up this morning. But um, yeah, man, I've had a hard time too, bro. I, I just can't get enough sleep. And I sleep bad though. I sleep apnea and all those things. But Yeah. yeah. Have you done anything about that? Just complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel that. Just complain about it. Yeah, same. Well, then, like a couple weeks ago, when we had that, I had five long days in a row when I stayed up here all, uh, you know, yeah, all night, didn't sleep. That just set off a, a chain. That reaction. sets off a three week re- chain reaction of trying to catch up, sleep here and there. Yeah, but nah, it's all good. Yeah. Well, yeah. so maybe I'm you'll just, get some. Maybe I'll climb out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew which one of these pads did that because I'd have totally done it. This but. one. Oh, oh that, that ain't it. That was the chirps. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're uh, we yeah we've been in the climb series and no we we really have been getting good feedback about the climb series. Um, I was talking with someone yesterday. They were in my office and we were just talking about you know it's a super practical series. You know, I mean, it's not. I would dare say it's not revolutionary. I think it's just reminding people of maybe what they already know and maybe what they don't know. I don't know. You know how they get sometimes mm. I feel like there are sometimes like we think people know things that they don't know or we think they've heard things that they haven't heard before. But well, I mean, we always need reminders of stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. as life goes on or things, you know, hard things and all that. I mean, it's always good to have those kind of reminders. Yeah. A lot of stuff is not stuff that's like you say. Revo- was it was you revolutionary revolutionary yeah you know it's just good reminders yeah no i'm i i totally agree uh and that's what i mean we, we talked the first week we talked about the climb like that was the title which is the climb last week we talked about or the week before this past sunday we talked about our thoughts and then this uh past week we talked about our words yeah um and that was kind of a a big thing 
you know, and we kind of start off talking about like sticks and stones can break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Like that old like thing we would say, you know, yeah. but how it's like not really true. No, it's not true. Words you know, can hurt. Yeah. So we talk about like sticks and stones and break my bones, but words can make or break you, you know, and it's like that reality of like, man, some of us have been owned by words that were spoken to us or spoken over us years ago, decades ago for some people, you know what I mean? Like the question is, do words hurt or is it possible that they're just words and how you let them affect you affects you? Sure. I think the answer is yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. yes. Well, that's what we got to, I mean, towards the end of the message Sunday, that was a quote that we had by Levi Lusco. You know, he talked about, he said, bricks can be used to build a hospital or throw through a window. Water can be used to quench your thirst right, or flood right, a city. Right, right, right. Likewise, words are neutral in and of themselves is how you use them that determines whether they're good or bad. It's like all things. I mean, it's like, you know, a gun isn't inherently dangerous. Right. It's the it's intent. The hands or whoever. Yeah. You know, a, they're all tools. Right. Or could be tools. Mm-hmm. A pencil. Right. You have to write with it. But what you write with it. It's up to you. It's up to you. Or you could And skip. obviously the closer someone is to you, you know, like someone that I don't know can say that I'm stupid or an idiot and I don't care. Right. But if someone like, you know, if a mom or a dad said that to you when you're fourteen, it's a big deal. Right, right. Called right, you an right. idiot, said you're not smart. Or I said it every week from right. six years old to sixteen. You know what I mean? Right, like that right, really right. get embedded into That's right. Your psyche. You know? Yeah. But in the day, I think, and that's what this is talking. I mean, the closer someone is to you, and you, I don't know where at in the notes and where you talked about, but like, you know, the like phrases that can hurt, like it's over, or right, you know, it's cancer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's what you know. Going into words, you know, we we've used Philippians four each each week. You know, where we're talking about the idea that you know. Paul says, you know, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, you know, just think about those things. And we were talking about how, like, that can be really, really hard for some people, you know what I mean? Like, to to not let their mind go there. Right. And, you know, you're, you don't really wrestle, it doesn't seem like, I mean, we, you and I, I mean, this isn't something we wrestle with a lot, but why do you think that is for you? Like, do you, do you know why you do? I mean, have you thought through any of that? I've tried to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What makes, what makes it to where you don't, you know? I don't really know. I would love to know the answer. (laughs) I don't know if part of it is, you know, we're big any, like part of it being personality or, yeah you know, where I don't, I don't view, I don't view much, you know, it's like my Enneagram terrified of failure, but I don't view much as failure. Mm-hmm. Because if you fail, you just found a way it didn't work. It's an opportunity, you know. Yeah. Now, do you do that because you're afraid of failure? So you don't never label anything as failure because you're afraid of failure? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Where the, right, per- right. the next person may say, I failed at that. Whether it affects them or not, well, I just don't label things as failure because I, I think a lot of a lot of stuff is just per- perception or yeah. perspective. So yeah. I don't view a lot of things as failure because like, what even is failure? Like, what is that? You know? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I agree. So no, I mean like even this, like, you know, whatever is pure, whatever is not, you know, and all these like think on the, the, the whatever verse, you know, mm-hmm. 
I, but I don't. I don't get in that place, and I don't really know why. I, I just feel like, you know, sometimes bad things happen. It's cyclical, you know. You're like this. Sometimes you're you're up here. Sometimes you're down low. The down lows make you appreciate up here, you know. The yeah. so it's like I don't know. I just maybe I've just come to terms with that's how life is, you know. Maybe being a poker player all them years helped. Like this is the hand I was dealt. Now, you yeah. know, how do you play it? You know, right, life right. life consists not Ooh. in holding good cards. But in playing those you hold well, you know, so it's like Ooh. sometimes people are blessed with like incredible lives and parents have money and everything's like, but most of us, like, it's not. Some people like were born into a really crappy situation, but yeah, at the sure. day, you can't change that. Like, well, yeah. And I think it's also like, what do you consider valuable? Right. And so, right. you know, like, you know, we, we can all think of like rich people. We, we can think of wealthy people. Right. And have, they have a lot of money. Um, in their teenage years, their parents were never there because their parents were always working to make the wealth. They were miserable. They wish they had what you had. Yeah, you, w- you, you wish, wish you, you had, had money. what they had, right. and they wish they had what you. Right, had. right, right. You know, yeah. so it's like that's just I, I don't know. I, I just I try to keep a healthy perspective. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, even if I'm down or feel like at the end of the day I have it pretty good. Right. So it's like a constant reminder of like, man. Yeah. You know. I think I, you're having a rough day. Yeah, I think go, go to bed and tomorrow will be better. Right. Well, I think that's like where, I think that's where part of it is for me. You know, we both don't. Luckily, we both don't wrestle with this very much. But I think, you know, as I've thought through it a little bit for myself, like why don't I deal with this very much? Like why is this not as much of a problem for me as it obviously is for other people? And I think one of the reasons why is kind of what you said. Um, you know, about playing the hearts that you're dealt. I think for me, part of it is like, I just can't stay here. Like watching people get paralyzed by fear, anxiety, whatever. It's yeah. Like, I just can't stay here. No. Like, there's and, more to be done, you know? And, you know, assuming that the Enneagram is true, right? Which like, we do. You and I we do. do. Yeah. You know, that there are nine types and, you know, you, you, you uh, associate with one of the types. I do think there are some types that, are way more just in their feelings, in their head. Definitely. And there's nothing wrong with that, where Mm -hmm. me and your type just isn't. Not Um, not the case. You know, so, you know, the part of your, part of the answer to your question of why don't we deal with this, like, why don't I, if there's part of it that could be, and I don't mean this, like, in a bad way, but, like, pride or ego. Okay. You know, that doesn't allow, like, I probably should spend more time processing emotion and sitting in them for a little bit versus ah mm. uh, you know no, I, totally like, I probably should spend a little more time um i, I mean I, I could see it being a helpful practice where at the end of the day whether it's in my office where i leave or when i get home like think through the day yeah parts of maybe i got aggravated like what actually caused you to get aggravated like the other day i got aggravated because i came in my office uh, Monday and my stapler was out not just not back where it was supposed to be it was, someone it was took missing. it out of my office yeah stapler thief <laughs> well yeah and thieves in the temple and, and you know part of me so I found <laughs> it in one of the kids rooms which okay. tells me that someone had the audacity and this is where so I had the, I thought through this because I was yeah. really aggravated because I was in the middle of doing something and I needed a tool that I prepared for by right. having the tool right someone else did not prepare 
and didn't have the tool, so they stole my tool. Which yeah. And then when I needed my tool, I didn't have it. Which I which is to give everyone else clarity of like you're a pretty systematic person. There's not it when threw it, me off. When it, yeah, now when I had it to comes hunt down a stapler. When it comes to <laughs> Well, one of the things that I think, you know, it goes back to like one of the things you pride yourself on is efficiency. Yeah. And As a new everything, three. Yeah. Everything in your life and everything in your, all, and we were just talking about this with a lamp in your desk, on your desk, right? We were yeah. like, oh, yeah. we don't want to, you don't want to put it over here because everything you have over here is like, yeah, you, it, it works for And that your may system. sound stupid, but at the end of the day, I was, I was working and in a flow and then I had to stop all that to go find a stapler. <laughs> and then there's a part of me that's like, and not to, not in like braggadocious, but it's like, as the executive pastor of a church, I had to stop what I was doing and go room to room looking <laughs> for a stapler. And I was like, this is just stupid. Yeah. So I was, yeah. Uh, and on top you. of that, someone had the audacity to go into one of the pastor's office when the door was shut and just take something. Yeah. And I thought that was not okay because it happened on Sunday. I don't know who did it. I still don't know, but they went into, it could have been your office. Maybe they went in yours and didn't see one. So it's like somebody went into, but one of the pastor's offices and took something. Yeah. And I just, that really got under my skin because it's like, I have stuff in my office that is not for everyone's eyes. There's confidential info, like especially on a Sunday. It's just, I was very frustrated with the whole thing and it sounds very stupid. But really, it's not when I can walk it through. You know, at the end of the day, it's like if you need a stapler, like let's request one and we'll get one for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I say all that to say, but I needed to process like what actually made me mad. Was it was it selfishness where I just don't want nobody touching my stuff, mm. and that's ultimately what made me mad. Mm. It's not that I don't, but to me, that's not the, not the case because it's it's not that I don't want to share. If you come in and said, "Hey, can I borrow a stapler?" Yeah, here's a stapler. But when it was just like it was almost a violation like someone comes in your room it's my office this is my stuff it's my office and it's like someone they don't know that maybe i bought that with my own money like the church didn't buy that maybe i bought that sure and you took it yeah now it all sounds real stupid we're talking about a stapler but what's next yeah you know a cell phone charger a laptop cord now i come into work and we you know it's just like where's the line so i but i i did think through that scenario like what actually aggravated me Mm. was it just selfishness if someone took my stuff quote unquote or was it more you know and i think there's a lot of answers i think you're right like as an enneagram three it's about efficiency and i was in a zone and i was i was doing my routine yeah anything out of my gets me out of my routine gets gets a little aggravating so well especially no like yeah, we joke about it here. Like me and John you joke about it. It's like, yeah, yeah God forbid anything inconveniences just <laughs> like, like where you're in a routine and then all of a sudden and something messes what, up your routine. And that's what's funny. Cause it's not that, it's not that I didn't want whoever had this, like if, right, the, if not, the kids church needed a stapler Sunday, by all means, all I would have wanted have them to have it. Right, right, right. It's not like, no, you can't have a stapler and no, figure out a different that moment of inconvenience. Uh, right. Where you're trying to get something done and then it unravels. It unravels. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, especially when it's like a $4 fix, like we'll get you your own staple, you know? Um, but, but you know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, it yeah, sounds totally. really stupid, but you also can see where I'm coming from. Like, yeah. I, I think if you can, if someone can see, if you're listening, can see where I'm coming from, where it's yeah. like, okay. So if you are listening or watching, like, don't go in my office and take stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're a, the stapler thief, you kind of cross the line. Don't cross. Yeah. yeah, yeah don't, you now know yeah, the consequences. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, just don't, do, you don't do that. I don't go and, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll come up in your house and take stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, but I should process stuff more, you know, like if I get aggravated or, you know, if I was in a good mood, like what, what, why was I in a good mood? 
You know, like it's mm-hmm. just just a good day or is like is stuff happening did i gain fulfillment because like i was in a good mood because i did something with my work that produced a good result like w- like what is it so hmm. i do think you should process that more um you know and that's why i think this self-awareness and using developmental tools like the enneagram are helpful and they help me personally because it's like it shows you your blind spots and where right. you should pause and you know hmm. all those things because yeah. just because i think when you when we mean you talk about me and you don't deal with this, that's not like a brag. Like maybe you'll get there one day and you won't have to deal with this. Either. No, that's not what not. that means. It's no, I mean, I've <clears throat> gone through, I think both of us have gone through seasons of our life. You know, I can definitely speak for myself. Like we've, I've gone through seasons in my life where it was obvious. My wife needed me to be more emotional, right? Like she needed me to communicate more about what was going through my head. Cause you know, exceptional compartmentalization isn't always a great thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes when people are hurting, you know, you can come across apathetic and it's like, it's not that I'm, it's not that I don't have empathy or that I'm apathetic or that I don't care. It's just that like, I'm already on to the next thing. Like I, you know, and again, like maybe that's like we've talked about before, like that might be a defense mechanism. You know, it's like, I don't want to sit here and process this. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. Or even when something happens that causes emotion, mm -hmm. you know, even you got to deal, go through it, deal, deal with it. You know, um, it's like, I don't want to continuously come back to that. Yeah. You know, like whether it's, you know, the loss of a loved one or a breakup or anything like that. It's like those things are hard. Yeah. But like now then it's hard when you talk, you know, talk about a loss of a, of a loved one. Cause it's like, then you have to wrestle out. Does that mean you don't want to think about them again? And it's right, like, right, it's right, like right. that becomes really weird, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I haven't lost anyone super close to me. Sure. You know, like a family member like that. I mean, I have some grandparents and stuff, but you know, you know what I mean? Like right, right, my right. mom or dad or something like that. But, um, so it's just weird. And, you know, I've always said like, it's not good, but I, I, I don't mind talking about it. Like I just really don't miss people for the most part you know mm-hmm. and it's it's a weird thing to say mm-hmm. because it sounds really like if if you don't get to be like in my inner like my okay me and john john's in the room you know john's we, we've worked together and been around each other for years now all the time but like at one point my inner workings of people you know six years ago was a different group of people right you right. know um and it's just different. And once that changed, it's not like I don't sit around and go like, I really miss those days. Now those were great days. It's not sure. a knock to those people. Yeah. Um, and occasionally I'll see stuff like someone share a memory on Facebook or something. And it's like a, Oh, I remember that. That was great. Yeah, like that was the, dope. they yeah. were, they were good times, but I don't just sit there and think back in like, I mean, even me and John, I mean, we've been through even from a ministry and church context, we've experienced a lot of stuff together and like, I don't just sit around and think about like the quote unquote, those days though. They were great. They were awesome. Yeah. I just like, I'm not really super nostalgic like that. I just, I just don't, um, you know, so there were people I was super close to that I still consider maybe friends or definitely acquaintances, but it's like, I'm not like a man. I really, I just don't do that. Now I probably should more. That's Mm. not a good thing in my opinion. Um, 
you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like once I close a, once a chapter is over, I don't want to say close a door because that sounds harsher. Once there's a new chapter, I'm in the new chapter. Right. I'm not looking back at the the, the previous chapter. Right. That's exactly. kind of how I view it. It's That's like, funny you say that. It was an awesome chapter, but it's yeah. over. I'm on to the next chapter. Uh, it's funny you say that. I'm, uh, this coming up Sunday, you know, one, one of the things we're talking about this coming up Sunday, which we've kind of been dabbling in it a lot on this podcast already, um, is our emotions. Yeah. So like, oh, we've, talked about, we've talked about our thoughts. We've talked about our words. We're going to talk about our emotions this Sunday. And it's kind of a lot of what, what we're doing with now, which is like, um, you know, and part of what we're going to talk about on Sunday is like, you just got, you, you do, you do have to exist in the moment because existing in the past does you no good. Like it, you can, you can appreciate it, but living there is not, not only that hurtful. though. I'm a futuristic person going to person. Right. So when it comes to Vision. like the strings finder, <laughs> yeah. my top one was futuristic. Yeah. You know, so I, I live in the future and everything right. in my head, like, and I have to constantly remind myself to like be in the present, present, yeah. you know, which I even picture, like I'm terrible with pictures. You know, some people just like snapping pictures of their I'm whole the life yeah. because it's like, they want to come back and remember. Yeah. I don't, I don't think past, I think future. Right. So it doesn't cross my mind to like, let me get a picture let me of this. capture this moment. Right right, 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 right. You know, I go six weeks without posting an Instagram picture. Same, post, same. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't, I just don't think that way. I'm a, I live in the future, but man, the downside is you, you're always living in the future. Cause you know, like there's big stuff coming or there's goals. Yeah. But along the way we've, weave i've you know whatever goal like in a work mm -hmm. context we've accomplished stuff and i have to give myself time to celebrate and be in that moment when you do accomplish something because it's really sure. easy to just go okay but we're not still not done we're still not done we're still yeah. not done and da, da, da. And you mean you will kill your team that way because yeah. most people don't think that way no yeah yeah so 100%. you'll kill everybody else they're celebrating what just happened because it was awesome and you're already Try, you're already moving on like yeah it was great but it wasn't good enough there's more there's more there's more da, da, da. <laughs> right and they're like geez like come yeah, on that's that infinite game stuff it is yeah where it's like I, i'm i'm ready to play again tomorrow and they're like well let's let's celebrate what happened today and it's like nah i mean sure you know you know yeah, my read, natural instinct is i read I, I like you know i like nick saban a lot yeah and i think nick saban's that way um sure. and you know i i think that that's part of you know, the, 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 the winning mentality there. But, um, you know, I, the thing with somebody like Nick said, because I don't want to equate my, I felt like I, I, in my head, I was like, I'm equating myself to the greatest college football coach ever. And I didn't really <laughs> want to do that. Justin um, Oswald. No, no, no. But what AKA I'm saying, what I'm Nick saying Saban. is <laughs> imagine that like everyone sees Nick Saban as the best, right. the arguably the best football coach ever, at least in college, definitely in college. Right. And anyone that argues is probably wrong. And you know, his probably, yeah, but there is an area or two or three in his life that endured severe sacrifice for that to happen. Sure. And it probably existed within his household yeah, with so his kids. Relational context. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, now that's a trade off that probably his wife had to make. Like right. he's not going to be as present as other dads, but I'm married to Nick Saban and he's providing in other ways. Yeah. The vacation home, the, you know, and not that it's all about money, but you know, you can do oh, things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, sure. You can legacy for the grandkids and all these things. Yep. Um, you know, so there's obviously a trade off there and that's just the hard part. It's like, what is, you know, the, everything has an opportunity cost to trade off, but well, I think that's, 
Yeah, that's what comes full circle, I think, to a lot of what we talked about on Sunday, which is like this idea of like, it's in those environments where you can, for example, let's talk about someone like Nick Saban. You know what I mean? Like, I, we have no idea what he deals with internally. So no. this is a drastic assumption, you know, but is there something in Nick Saban that the greatest value he can have is success because someone used words to lie to him at one point to tell him he would never be successful. Most likely. And well, at the at the detriment of perhaps, what, again, because this is an assumption. His dad was a coach he played. I mean, right, at the detriment of perhaps family relationships or friendships or in general, has the words that were spoken over Nick Saban caused him yeah. to tell him he would never be successful, caused him to say, I will be successful at all costs not realizing that all costs could become right. You don't realize what all costs means until it hits you. Now, again, we're not, we're making assumptions and analogies right now. Or, or even if it wasn't negative words, it was just what was celebrated. Fair enough. Winning was celebrated. So I got to be a winner, Yeah, you know? And, you know, I think I told you this in conversation, but something I heard about Nick Saban, uh, he has a friend that uh, is not into football that he mm -hmm. golfs with. And the guy was interviewed or something, and he said he thinks this is what makes their friendship work, that Nick likes him because he doesn't really care to talk about football or anything. Yeah. Nick can just be himself, and they He's golf together. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so the guy, it was like shortly after one of the national championships that Alabama had won, and he normally don't talk football, but he like was congratulating. He's like, man, congratulations, you know, on the big win and da-da-da. And Nick's response, this was like three days after the win. Nick's response was, that dang game cost me a week of recruiting because they had to go a week longer with practices and all yeah. this. And the guy was like, what do you mean? He was like, no, I mean, because we were going to championship, I didn't, I, I was not on the road recruiting. It cost me a week of recruiting, yeah. almost like a complaint, like right, the, right, right. the national championship and the win yeah. was a hindrance to what his mind really was. And the guy, <laughs> the guy gave him perspective and was like, don't you think winning the national championship was one of the best recruiting tools you could have that with the win. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's a, well, Nick yeah. Saban's whole thing's recruiting. Like that's his, well, that's a, yeah, it's, it's just a, like, wow. What a, he was such, he's yeah. such a, he's such the cool thing about Nick Saban is it's so weird. We're talking about this when on the national championship nights, when they're getting the trophy, he's all smiles. Yeah. He is in that moment. But the next day, that it, day's done. That was yesterday. And yeah. I, I get that. And what if, well, first of all, yeah, not even realized for Nick Saban. It's like not realizing the national championship is what you were recruiting for two, three, four years That's ago. That's right. The whole point you are recruiting. And, and I think he knows Is that. for that. You know what I mean? Like and to get and in the moment, he was relishing in the, the trophy and the this and the that. But three yeah. days later, when he was with his buddy at the golf course. He was already. It was back to. Yeah. So I, I totally get that where some people like revel in it. And um, I think maybe we should revel in it more like those people. Yeah. Or something. Well, I think it's, know? I think it goes back to kind of what we, you know, what we've been talking about the past few weeks is like, I think we should, I think we should take control of our words and our thoughts to relish in the moments that are beautiful and quickly discard the ones that aren't Yeah. to, you know what I mean? Like to feel how we feel in the moment, whether that's sadness or grief, whether it's happiness and joy, whatever, feel how we feel in the moment and then look ahead to what's coming and we can remember the great memories. We can remember the painful ones, you know, but it's like uh, kind of moving forward. And, you know, it's what I tell people a lot in counseling, especially those that are dealing with grief and stuff. I was like, there's a big difference between moving forward and moving on. And there are some things you'll never move on from. Yeah. 
you'll never move on from significant loss. You'll never move on from, you know, certain things like you do. You don't, you don't move on from, you know, some of those experiences, but you can choose to move forward uh, from them. And that's what matters, right? It's like doing that. The problem is that becomes difficult for some people who have allowed their mind to be manipulated by words and or thoughts yeah. Particularly coming off this on words, lies that have trapped them in a significant moment in time where they're constantly trying to prove somebody wrong that told them they wouldn't be something or they couldn't do something or right. they're not pretty enough or they're not good enough or, you know, something like that. Or like you said, where the, the maybe the lies that were solidified weren't a negative connotation. And we didn't, you know, we didn't get into that on Sunday, but I think it's a valid point. It wasn't necessarily a negative connotation. It wasn't you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. The words solidified a framework that their belief system now supports for the rest of their life. You're only valuable if... You know what I mean? Like, so winning is what's celebrated. You're celebrated means you're valuable. So go win so you can be valuable. It's like if I mean, this, that can then be a lie that, too. you know? Yeah. You already know a hundred. So, and that can be a lie too. You're, you're not valuable because you win, you know, like, you know, to well, the important people in Nick Saban's life, he's not valuable because he wins national championships. He's right. just valuable because he's only valuable at university of Alabama for that. Right. You know, but right, like right, right. the people that love him, probably don't even care yeah nick, i mean you know nick I mean. call us if you want some any yeah, we should interview uh, <laughs> we should interview nick saban um if anybody can hook that up let's yeah, uh let's, we'll try to make that happen um but, but yeah, you know what i'm saying like definitely and, and i'm i just because i do see parts of my personality in that like i am curious i would be curious and maybe he's not even would would never even be that vulnerable with anybody you sure. know i mean that's pretty vulnerable I know someone else like that uh yeah <laughs> um but it's like <laughs> The people close to him, his accomplishments isn't what makes them love him. It's just being who he is. Right. That's what brings us full circle to Sunday is the fact that our value, our words is changing the direction uh, and how we're pursuing our destination, right? So we're talking about how words determine your destination. For many people, they keep ending up in the wrong destination because they're using the wrong words because they believe lies about themselves and they're not ending up where they should be. Right. And that's the basic of something. You can go listen to the full sermon. Please do. Um, you know, and so the, re the reality is this, and we said this Sunday as we were wrapping up. He said, your opposition is not your past, it's the, your words that you speak in the present that may derail your future. Some people think that it's the past that they have to prove wrong, get right, fix, whatever. And it's not. Your opposition is not your past. It's actually what you start, the words you say in the present that uh, may derail your future. And one of the things I, I mentioned on Sunday, and then we'll, we'll wrap up, but it was um, a, something that I think just has great power. And we talked about how the words that you speak about your situation in your situation will create the environment that you experience your situation in. Mm -hmm. uh, i say that again, your words you speak about your situation while you're in your situation will determine the environment that you experience your situation. So, so your mentality and, and your situation actually is largely dictated by your words, not by the circumstances. And it's important to note, because you even said this at some point, we're not talking about a... Speaking things into existence. Right. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. in the theological camp of name, name it, it claim, claim it, it, speak it into existence. Blab How, it and grab it. All blab it, grab it. I do like that. Um, but, you know, outside of the 
outside of a, from a church context and that kind of a, a theological thinking, you know, yeah. there is just something too. I mean, very famous book, power of positive thinking and mm-hmm. all these things. I mean, sometimes that sometimes your, your mental can affect your physiological and, and all these things. Definitely. So, um, you know, having, yes, all yeah. that you just said, but not in a name it, claim it, speak yeah, things into an after projection. You, you, you can't whatever. speak yeah. anything into existence. Yeah. Like, it, like that, but yeah. you can. You can change your perspective. Correct on the environment. What's exactly. happening? Exactly. Yeah, in the direction you're going in. That's right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Go check out the sermon from Sunday. Please do. Uh, we talk about our words. Uh, I feel like you'll enjoy it. So, um, as we're wrapping up, Justin, tell me they can find more about the church. Man. Yeah, you can find us online transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. Appreciate you guys tuning in with us. Catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review us on iTunes. You get double points if you show love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin on Instagram and Twitter at at Brad Livingston underscore and at Justin Oswald underscore. Tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. And for more information on Transformation Church, visit us online at mytc.life and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola.